The following presentation was recorded live by HAudio.com. Number 33 of 48 ways is Ohev. Es Hatzdakot. Love, which means take pleasure in seeing the beauty of Stakot, is what is Stakot is righteousness. Love, fulfilling your obligations. Now what does that mean to love, fulfilling your obligations? Take pleasure when you do your duty. Should you take pleasure in fulfilling obligation? Yeah. Right? But it would be good to to take pleasure in doing something that you got to do. It's a little difficult. What's the problem? So I'd like to focus your attention with something. See, what would you say to a fellow who's been working for 20 years? He's been working at something. He wants to accomplish it desperately. He's made sacrifices for it. He works hard at it. And finally he attains it. And he says, ugh. Say he's blind, nuts, right? What are you working for? 20 years, right? Do you realize that that's us? Do you want to be a good man? Do you know that you're striving for it? And yet, when your mom says, take out the garbage, it's, uh, what, what does that mean? We all agree it's the right thing to do? So what are you miserable about? <laughs> you want to do it. Does that make sense that there's something wrong in our makeup? That we want self-respect. We want to do the right thing, yeah. And yeah, we get an opportunity and we go, ugh. Duh. What do you mean? <laughs> you, know? you see the problem. It comes from sort of a, a paradox within us, yeah. All right, let's see if we can unravel it. So how do we go about doing this? How do we go about taking pleasure and taking out the garbage? And meaning it. You know, it's the right thing to do to say it's a pleasure. But meaning it yet. Can you imagine what would happen if your son said, Mom, it's a pleasure. You'd faint? You'd call a doctor? (laughs) So let's see, how how do we go about doing it? Number one is first get in touch with with the pleasure of doing the right thing where, where it was common practice. And you know, when I was a kid in the United States of America, there was such a thing as a work ethic. Did you ever hear a work ethic? And there was no problem in seeing people taking pleasure in doing their job. They'd build a fence, they would come back to see that it's firmly set and that it hasn't eroded. You know, a cabinet, they would come back to see that the doors aren't out of shape. You know, they would come back. Today, if he left one door off when he leaves, you know, you make 10, 25 telephone calls and he grudgingly says, what do you want, you know? (laughs) Don't pay up completely. Until the job is all done. That's good practice today in getting workers to work for you, right? But at one time, there was a work ethic. Yeah, pleasure in giving a man his money's worth. But B of this is that, look, today we can still find it in different times. You come across a cabinet maker who works that way. And it's a pleasure to deal with them. Just feel good. You come across particularly... You'll find it in shoemakers. They're old timers. That won't let you use your shoe. You say, it's all right, it's all right. He wants to finish it off and put the black along the side. (laughs) He won't give it. You say, all right, you know. No, he's got to do it right. Takes a pride. He gave you something. He wants it right. But see of this is that it still lives in us. 
And that's the job focus on the things that are common to us. Did anybody ever give you more change than what's coming to you? Huh? Did you give back the money, Richard? Yeah. Did you feel good? Yeah. Felt good. Yeah. A sense of decency and pride, right? It's also nice to see a guy looking credulous. Yeah. So that's nice. You know, that's a sort of reassurance. I'm something special. Yeah. Even without it, it's our pleasure. How about if you see a guy drop a wall? You run after him and you say, did you ever see a guy drop a wall? Run after him and you say, hey, hey, your money. Feel good about it? Did the right thing. So it's just plain pleasure. Give him back his money. That's what we're after, that feel. All right, so number two is that appreciate this pleasure within yourself and others, that glow of satisfaction that I'm a good man. And you can hear it in my days. Can you imagine that people used to say, I never took a cent that never belonged to me? Did you ever hear that statement? And they were proud. Yeah? These youngsters, they were, hey, oh, big deal, you know. He didn't take a cent that didn't belong to him. Yeah, a, little, uh, a little bit of a prune, huh? Can you imagine a man who said, I never told a lie in my life? <laughs> right? That's our reaction for me. It would be something. Yeah? Do you know what people say today with that glow of satisfaction? What do people say? You know, when you ask them, are you a good man? You never heard anybody say, I never hurt anyone in my life? Never heard that? Huh? And the guy is proud, and he's a liar. Never hurt his parents. <laughs> well, I like to see the guy. Yeah? Never hurt anyone in my life but this. That sense of, if he, if he can imagine that it's true, he has that sense of satisfaction. Yeah. Number three is get in touch with your experiences of pleasure. If you were asked, are you a good man? And you can answer with complete assurance. And you say even, thank God, I am. If we could say, I'm a good man, ah, that would be fantastic. If only I could say it, but I don't quite, you know, I, you know, I want to be a little honest. But there is a longing, we want it, and there's a satisfaction if we could say it with confidence and equanimity, and, ah, it would be a, a pleasure. So B of this is, try to track that down into some of your experiences. Did you ever take out the garbage and find that you had pleasure in doing it? Or clean up your room. And one time, sort of, it was your pleasure. Occasionally, we make a mistake and have pleasure in doing something right. Did you ever apologize and feel great about it? Surprisingly. Yeah? That's what we're after. That pleasure that you know is available to you. So number four is know that every human being has pleasure in doing the good. If we get the right focus. It is our nature. What is the wrong focus? What's wrong? So number five is that generally in our generation, we look at obligations as uh, bubble, bubble, toil and trouble. Huh? This is the way we anticipate. Oh, I got I to gotta go to my son's... Uh, PTA meeting. Oh, I have an obligation. I've got to meet someone. Oh, I have an obligation. Oh, I have an obligation. 
I got to do the dishes. I got an obligation. We anticipate aggravation. Anybody here want obligations? No. We don't want obligations. So you've got to appreciate that when you have that attitude, that even if you're going to a picnic on a gorgeous day, you go to a circus with that attitude, <laughs> you'll be miserable. If that's what you're focused on, I, oh, hey, I got to go to a circus, yeah? <laughs> you'll be miserable in a circus. It's no wonder you're miserable doing your obligations if this is your attitude. Having responsibilities and duties and obligations, our webs, our ties. I don't want to get married. It's an obligations and I'll have to, to, to come home and I'll have to take care of my wife and I'll have to earn a living and I have to take care of kids with diapers. Oy vey, 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 vey. Yeah? So then when finally you fall for a girl or you decide it's too miserable not to get married, when you're just anticipating misery and you'll, you'll find it. <laughs> you know, you anticipate it. You'll find it. So, B of this is, at least realize, if you don't know how to take pleasure in it, at least realize that it should be pleasurable. These responsibilities of the kids and taking care of them and finding out what's a good teacher and taking them to a doctor. There's something pleasurable in doing these things and fulfilling your obligations. You don't know exactly what, but it changes the perspective a little bit, right? But number six is that if you accept and know its pleasure, seek to see it and you will see it. In Judaism we say, A man cannot do his obligation except that he has pleasure in it. It's impossible. You can't really do it. But the idea is, you have to seek it. You have to say, do I have pleasure? You have to look for it. Be of this certainly... If you've had pleasure one time doing the dishes for your mom, you felt good about it, remember the next time you're doing dishes for your mom, right? Remember, what did you feel? I was pitching in or whatever it is, right? Well then, that's silly not to (laughs) feel it again. Why grumble the second time? If one time you felt somehow pleasurable taking out the garbage, yeah, why not do it again? You get it? All right, number seven is that the important thing is, according to Judaism, the important thing is pause after you're through. Pause after you daven, after you learn, after you take out the garbage. Get your children to pause after they're through. Ask them, tell me, how does it feel now? The kid can be crying, I don't want to do the dishes, etc. And you force him to do the dishes and grumble all the time, etc. And then you say, okay, now. In Judaism, we say, I'll give you $10 for the mitzvah. You want to sell the mitzvah now? For $1, they do it with a smile, right? Would be no problem. After it's done, you want to pay him for the mitzvah, for the virtue, for what they've accomplished. No how. Not a Jewish kid. He won't, he won't sell it for a hundred dollars, thousand dollars. It's precious. But if you get him to feel that preciousness, ah, you're teaching him how to enjoy being good. You guys got a lot of learning to catch up with. Yeah. Number eight is take it a step further. 
and look around for the things that you do every day and list the things that you do every day because they're obligations. And look forward to doing it and enjoying it. Anticipate the pleasure. Don't go through the day, all right, another thing you got to do. You feel it's an obligation to yourself to brush your teeth? All right, feel, feel afterwards, pause. Do I feel good about this? <laughs> I fulfilled my obligation to my mom, to my teeth, to my God, I don't know. Right? <laughs> You'll get the knack of it. You'll enjoy yourself. Number nine is, <clears throat> see the strength of this drive. You ask anyone, ask any young fellow who comes through. Right? Even a very skeptical guy, a guy who doesn't want to stay know-how, nowhere, no when. Anybody here like that? Yeah. We've got a few guys like that, right? So you say to him, listen, friend, if I show you that it's the right thing to do, if I get you to agree that it's the right thing to do to check out your own heritage, not to reject until you know, if I show you and you agree that it's the right thing to do, will you stay here? He says, sure, if you show me it's the right thing to do, of course I'll stay here, right? Then, of course, you're going to have a bit of a hustle to prove it to him, right? But he says, if you can get me to agree that that's the right thing to do, I'll stay. Now, what about the trip to the Greek islands? What about your career? What about the $100,000 a job uh, opportunity? Listen, if it's the right thing to do, I do the right thing. Ah, a hero, right? You get it? Tough. Ah, it feels good. Okay. No one. The same guy. He says, I'm ready to make any sacrifice. Why? Why do you have to do it? doesn't even believe in God. Why do you want to do the right thing? I want to do the right thing. Why do you want to make all these sacrifices? It's what I want. It's your pleasure, man. Do you understand? That's You want it because it's your pleasure to do the right thing. Did you ever think of that one? Why else is it so important to you? If it's worth all these things, a $500,000 job to do the right thing, then it's worth it. Makes sense. Yeah? Number 10 is, now notice the insanity. You take a guy and you say to him, if I show you it's the right thing to do to stay in the yeshiva, will you stay? He says, sure. Go ahead, show it to me. All right, then you have a real tussle. You get his hand behind his back and... You know you're going to have a big fight, yeah? Because he wants to go to Greek Islands. He's got this girlfriend. He's got this job. He's got this... Finally, finally, the guy has got a bone of honesty and he's willing to be objective and he says, you know, you got me. It's the right thing to do. But you know what? I'm too weak to do it. I just don't have the guts. I've had fellas say that to me. I had a guy was a resident in the, in the hospital, and he says, it's the right thing to do. It's Torah from Sinai. I should stay. I'm not going to stay. I'm not going to stay. I'm not going to deny it's right. I'm not going to stay. And he's a hero. Do you see that? Yeah. He says, guys, are just not ready to give up my career. I know that if God spoke, boy, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. But I'm not ready. I'm not going to do it. Too weak. Yeah. And what he asked me for was for one mitzvah. Give me one mitzvah. I'm not even ready to take on the 613. Give me one mitzvah. We settled on one mitzvah they'll do, and we, we left friends. I respected him. I think he's a giant. And he respected us, you know. <laughs> he didn't say, you bum. Come on, we're friends. We don't know who's a better man in the world to come. That guy or me. 
takes guts to admit that you're weak. Yeah, true. Torah is from Sinai, but I don't feel like changing my life. I don't feel like giving up my free and easy ways. Ooh, is that guy tough, huh? But look at the insanity. Why do you want to do the right thing? It's your pleasure? You're too weak to have pleasure? And the answer is, my friend, that we are insane. And it goes back, we've told you a number of times, it just doesn't dawn on you. Which would you rather be, happy or rich? Happiness is a pleasure. If I could pay you $10,000 to use the happiness drill, would you become an expert at it? Darn well would. Right? An hour a day for 30 days, but you got to be good at it. you got to really take pleasure. you got to be able to switch around, yeah? It's like, put the money on the table. Fuck, <laughs> and it's done. And which is more important, happiness or $10,000? You see, righteousness is a soul pleasure. Weakness means that the body is in control. That's an admission. The body doesn't want to be good. What does the body do with good? You use it as a necklace? <laughs> you know, as a dessert after breakfast? Yeah, we can feel the pleasure with the body once we have accomplished when the body isn't going to fight anymore. Yeah. Right now I want to read the book. What do you mean take out the garbage? But you want to. The soul wants to. The body doesn't want to. I'm, I'm stuck in this book. Do you understand? That's the conflict. And that's what's blocking out your pleasure. And that's why you say, I'm weak. I'm not in control. My body is in control. I know I want to do the right thing. I know it's a good thing to do. But my body is in control. I take orders for my stomach. And the orders are, march! Aye, aye, sir. Right? But I want to do the right thing. Shut up. Get moving. Do you see that that's what's happening? All right, so number 11 is that, look, the real strength of this drive is that when we have a clarity so that the soul has control, every one of us human beings is willing to shed his body. We're all willing to die to be good. Would you kill 10 infants to save your life? Yeah? Boy, you're a tough guy. How about a thousand? No. <laughs> Too much. You won't be able to do it, yeah? These guys wouldn't be able to do 10. <laughs> That's because it's wrong. What do you mean you can't do it? It's too much pressure. It's too much. I can't do it. It's wrong to save your life. And you don't know a cause that would make you to give your life, actually sacrifice your life, like fasting to the death for the Catholic Irishman, or going on a suicide mission for the Red Brigades, or taking a satchel charge as a Vietcong. Or attacking Israel as a PLO, Nick. Huh? But these people are dying to be good. You think they're different? They're from Mars? They're not from Mars. When your moment of truth comes, you'll die. And remember we say, a lot of Americans will die as cowards so that they should not be a coward. You know this game Chicken? Huh? Somebody says, come on, you want to play chicken? Let's go. Oh, well, I don't have time now. Come on, what do you mean you don't have time? Come on, you want to play chicken? Come on, take out the cars and go down the highway and we'll see who turns first. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, 
Come on, what are you, chicken? Well, no, all right. So he dies because he's afraid that they'll call him a coward. Now, if you're afraid of what they'll call you, are you a coward? <laughs> so he dies as a coward, so they shouldn't call me a coward. Did you get that? <laughs> the irony. Got to be a brave man, it's good. Yeah. And there are people who go over the top. There's the PLO Arabs, you understand, who go across, not because they believe in Palestine or it is, but they can't turn back, you know, they boasted a little bit. Now, what are their friends going to say? Uh, the Jewish boys who go over the top. Because what? <laughs> American soldiers went to Vietnam and didn't want to go into the jungle. But what are they going to say, you know? I don't feel like going into this jungle. Ooh. So you say, darn it, okay, let's go. <laughs> huh? Do you understand? It's in us. It's driving us. So the power of this drive is that we will die for it. Every one of us will shed the body. When we have some fix that this is got to be done. Yeah. Depends. Where's the fix? Either your soul sees it. Or your society impresses it on you, yeah? But it's got to be done. Then we take off the body and we die. See that? All right, so number 12 is that really you should try to understand what is the pleasure of being good. That's the, the Jewish way, but so much of a soul thing that I leave it for last rather than in other ways we'd start right in the beginning. What's the pleasure? We're, we're a little convinced that there is a pleasure. What's the pleasure? What's the pleasure? You know, the pleasure of a banana split, you know what it is, right? Pleasure of being happy is the pleasure of being aware of the pleasures that you have, right? What's the pleasure of being good? What is it? What does it do? What does it mean? In Judaism, we say kavod, heavy, substance, not a piece of chaff in the wind. Not a passing shadow on the earth. Heavy to eternity. That's the pleasure of being good. Okay. Number 13 is, let me focus you in. You see, if you have an obligation, you have to do an obligation. Yeah, yeah right. Okay, now look. What do you say, um, Bill, if I lend you $1,000 with a contract that's got teeth, yeah, it's got teeth in it. That means that if you don't pay back the 1st of April, they take away your car, they lock up your house, and they garnish your salary, right? Are you going to make sure you pay in the 1st of April? 100%. you got an obligation, right? Now, what if we write a contract, and if you don't pay in the 1st of April, then they have to sue you, right? But they got, they got the, uh, you see, there's contracts you write that they just take it away, yeah? But then there's contracts that they got to sue you. Right? But they send you notice, you know, 15 days ahead of time, right? Yeah. But you lose your credit rating if you don't pay on time. Now, you have an obligation? Yeah. You got an obligation. You pay on time? Yeah, you try. Okay. Now, what if they have a contract? It's a private party. You don't have, you don't lose your credit rating. Yeah. And he can sue you. Yeah. And you got to pay the 1st of April. Now, when do you pay? First of April, a week later, second telephone call. Huh? 
But you do have an obligation. After all, you took the guy's money. You got a loan. You got to pay on time, right? Yeah. You bought goods. You got to pay on time, right? How many people have been in business? Yeah. How many people pay on time? <laughs> if you have a contract that you know wipes them out, damages, triple damages, you know, eh, they pay on time. Yeah. So let me tell you, my friend. Did you ever hear somebody who says, and I've seen it, and maybe you guys who haven't had much experience in business, somebody says, look, uh, you know, uh, I bought your goods, and uh, you can sue me, but you know how long it will take in the New York court to sue me, right? Now, if you'd like, I'm willing to give you 50% cash, huh? And uh, you should appreciate that I'm doing you a favor. Yeah? Because really I'm teaching you a lesson. Don't be a schmo. <laughs> Get your credit ratings a little better <laughs> organized. Yeah. Now what do you say to a guy like that? Is he smart? He thinks he's smart. Because it doesn't pay to sue someone in New York. you know. Unless it's a real hefty sum, it doesn't pay to sue. <laughs> now what do you say? Does he have an obligation? Is he smart? And you can't get him. But still, he took your money, right? All right, now what about a guy, you have no evidence. You loaned him $1,000, and he promised to pay the 1st of April without a contract. Does he have an obligation to pay you? Sure he does, right? But you can't collect. You sell it to him. What do you mean? You borrow it. Why? He keeps a thousand dollars. You can't sue him. You got no evidence. He's rich. And you learned the lesson. <laughs> Don't trust him. Fair exchange. Why should he pay? What do you say? It's the right thing to do. So is it, is it, what if it's ten thousand dollars? Still pay? How about if it's a hundred thousand dollars and there's no way he can get you? So can you imagine a time? See, in our generation, it just isn't there. Can you imagine a time if you said to someone, I promise you, I will give you a gift of $1,000 the 1st of April. <coughs> you come to him the 1st of April and say, look, you promised me a gift. It changed my mind. Yeah, you never heard of people changing their mind. But you promised me. It changed my mind. No, what do you got to say then? How many people feel if he changed his mind, he doesn't have no obligation? It's interesting. It's a question already, huh? Right? But why? If he promised you ten thousand dollars, he changed his mind. He doesn't feel like giving ten thousand dollars. Yeah. What? What does he do? He lacks integrity. He is chaff in the wind. He says, you take what I say seriously? <laughs> I promised you. <laughs> what a naive guy. Who's suffering? He's suffering. He is nothing. He's chaffing the wind. No weight. I remember the time when a man said, I'll do this. My word is my bond. That's a heavy man. Do you understand that? That's a man with self-respect. 
a man of value. That's a man who knows he's got integrity. I know who I am. True to yourself. If you are true to yourself, as follows, as a night unto day or as day unto night, you shall not be false to any man. If you're false to any man, it follows as night unto day, you're not true to yourself. If you're not true to yourself, you're nothing. So what's the pleasure of doing an obligation? You're heavy. Do you see that? That's the pleasure. If you understand that's the pleasure, well then take it a step further. Number 14 is, appreciate that we, every one of us, is always doing something for self-respect, to be good. We're going to college because I get a degree. I'm worthwhile. I'm heavy. You're heavy. You know that there are guys with PhDs that you wouldn't sneeze at. Yeah. But I'm making money. I'm making money, so I'm heavy. You know that there are guys who are multimillionaires that you wouldn't shake their hands. So what what is it? You're doing things for self-respect, like that car that will make you happy, without really weighing what is your self-respect. What is worthwhile? Fulfilling your obligations. Being true to yourself. Doing your duty. That's what's worthwhile. So when you come across these things, and you do them because they're right, take pleasure. You're more. You're getting integrity. You're getting heavy. It's good to know. All right, if you've bought this, you understand, the number 15 is, after you've, you've got that clear, then list your obligations. Come on, enjoy yourself. We've got a lot of obligations. What are your obligations to uh, humanity? Nothing, nothing comes to... What are your obligations to your parents? What are your obligations to yourself? What are your obligations to God? Don't go from one to the other list, your obligations, because sometimes from obligations to ourselves, we can appreciate our obligations to our parents. And from our obligations to our parents, we can appreciate our obligations to our nation. And sometimes it goes the other way. From our obligations to our parents, we realize our obligations to ourselves, you see? Look, you listen to your obligation and enjoy yourself. Get integrity. Be able to say, I'm a good man. With confidence. I do what is right. It takes some effort. You know, if it was easy to be good, we'd have a whole world full of good people. <laughs> and a body stands in the way. Right? But you'll win. And just two more points let me put in. And that is that, listen, for living, for living, when you have to do things that are unpleasant, like apologize, or uh, take uh, some browbeating from your parents without answering back, or uh, get to work on time, or to do an assignment in the yeshiva to do your beds, and you feel the the uh, misery coming on. Remember, friends, pay attention, focus. You love to do the right thing. Ah, it's such a pleasure. You love that sense of self-respect, the value of heaviness. You enjoy living. Make sense? There's one more thing we've got to say. Whenever you listen to wisdom, always realize that the right thing to do is use the wisdom that you learned. Take pleasure. It's hard. It's difficult. You don't feel like it, but it's an obligation after yourself, your parents, your society, your God. Do it. Okay, why do we need this? Why do we need this really for living? So, it's simply, you know, that makes 
your attainment much easier. You know, there's like a lot of things in your life that you're going to have to do because there are obligations to your parents, your kids, right? Remember, if you realize that my obligations to my children to take care of them is my pleasure, it makes me have integrity, it gives me substance, yeah? then you'll have pleasure. You'll have pleasure. If not, you're going to have to do it anyway. You can't let your kids uh, just... Uh, while, for a while, you're going to have to pay attention. You're going to have to take, and you'll just be miserable about it. It'll get you to do things with pleasure rather than with aggravation. That's economy and living. But number two of this is why? Because, my friend, if you really want to play good ball, you better enjoy playing ball. You understand? If you don't enjoy playing baseball, you'll never be really good at it. You have to enjoy the game in order to play it well. You can't do it by rote. You have to you have to pitch, you have to run, you have to... A basketball, yeah? You have to enjoy it. You can't say, well, now i got to run fast. Now i got to pivot. Now you got to get into it. You really want to be good, you better enjoy it. Otherwise, you're a schlep. <laughs> you're a schlep. You get that? You just can't flow. All right, I just want to give an assignment and we'll get out... And Simon, for today's way, do something about it. Do something about it. So focus on ten things that you're going to do today, the rest of this day. Ten things you're going to do because it's the right thing to do. Whether it's to make a bracha, or it's to uh, help someone. I mean, that you know, you know, ordinary duties of a day. Sort of forecast, right? Focus on it. Anticipate when you do it, of looking at the pleasure, and pause after you do it, to see whether it was pleasurable. This program is part of a series. For the continuation, please go to the next selection.